Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you receive that this morning? Amen. Won't you guys stand up with me? You'd open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And while you're going there, I want to let you know how grateful I am that you are here this morning. Let your neighbor say, I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, whatever device you're streaming by, thank you. You are a part of this. We love you and we're grateful for you. This morning we're going to talk about the fighting spirit. Now I'm going to try to keep my emotions under control. Um, I, got, I asked a guy this morning, I said, well, what would you think? He said, Matt, the coach came out in you this morning. I'm very passionate about what I speak about this morning, and if the coach comes out, I want to preface that with, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it will be good if I, if I raise my voice a little bit, and you wonder, does he always yell? Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But sometimes you have to preach your messages like you feel them, you know what I mean? I was thinking about Pastor Mike, and he preached a message a couple years ago for such a time as this. And he was, he, I could tell when he grabbed the pulpit, he grabs it like a, like a bull by the horns knowing that if God doesn't help him out, he's going to lose the battle, right? And that's kind of how I feel this morning, so I'm going to keep my emotions in check. But God has called us to be a part of his army, amen? And, and we are to do what he says. He's our general. He's our leader. It is not a democracy. It is a theocracy. We have a sovereign God who is king of his heavens. Here in 2 Timothy, Paul begins to write to his young son in the faith. This is his second letter, and that's important because three to five years before, he would have written another letter, 1 Timothy, that we know as the epistle. And he mentions some of the same thing about waging a good warfare, but here he goes a little bit deeper as Timothy's trying to pastor this church in Ephesus, as he's trying to bring his people together and encourage them and continue in the faith and his father in the faith writes this, sharing the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And we're in that army together, amen? And if you're not, you certainly can be. But just know when you join, you're no longer the boss. Jesus Christ is. The good news is that's okay. Amen. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for your grace and mercy in our life. God, use me this morning. I pray that your people's hearts will be stirred. God, stir us to great things that you want us to accomplish. The fights that we need to fight, the fights that we need to stay away from. God, speak to our hearts. And everyone says, amen, amen, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and be seated. Wave at your neighbor. Let them know you're glad they're here. Like I said, thank you so much, guys, for whoever streaming with us. We appreciate you so much. So I'm going to apologize beforehand here and let you know if I get a little bit loud. I don't, I don't mean to. But I, I look at our situation, I look at our government, I look at our, our culture, I look at our community, and I see a lot of wonderful people who are fighting. They're, they're fighting for some things that they believe in. They're fighting for their faith. They're fighting for values and, and morals, amen? Some of you guys are fighting for your jobs and you're fighting for loved ones. Uh, you're fighting for some things that nobody has any idea about. You've got some health issues maybe that, that, that you're not necessarily keeping secretive. You're just not telling everybody and you've been walking through some things. And I believe this morning I can encourage you. I want to start with the story out of Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 29. I will not read this. Instead, I'm going to give you a synopsis of the story, and then we're going to refer to it as we go. I'm going to ask about four or five questions this morning that I believe can help us. Jesus is on the sea, and he's passing to Gerasenes. 
And he, we know this scene as he's in the boat very well. He tells his disciples, I want to go to the opposite side. Let's go to the opposite side. So they get in the boat and they cross the sea and the big storm swells up and they're scared and they go to Christ and they say, are you going to let us die? And Christ says, certainly not. He goes to the front of the boat and he says, peace be still. And they can't believe that even the winds and the waves obey him. And then he steps foot, it says immediately is what scripture says, and we'll get to that here in a second, but it says immediately he steps on land, and when he gets there, he's face to face, he's confronted by a demoniac, by, by a man with, with many demons in him. The, the man throws himself at his feet, and the, the man identifies himself as, as legion. He throws himself at the feet of Christ and says, are you here to torment us? Kind of referring to knowing that one day this whole thing's going to be over, amen? And we're going to be celebrating with our brothers and sisters in heaven and, and Satan and all of his demons are going to be locked away in hell and we won't worry about that, amen? Did you come to torment us to send us there? Instead, send us into that swine. And of course, Jesus has all authority and power, so he sends the, the demons, he, he sends them into the swine of about 2,000. Now, the 2,000 swine run down a hill because they're demon-possessed, and if you guys have ever been around that, that gets pretty crazy pretty quick. And they run down, and they, they drown, and, and, and they die. The herdsmen are, 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 they just, can you imagine from, I'm just tending some pigs, to the next thing I know, all of them go crazy and go drown themselves. That's a pretty emotional experience. You know what I mean? Like, what in the world just happened? Well, they go tell everybody in the town. And the town and people from the country come out, and what they see is this man in his right mind, clothed, thinking like he's supposed to be. But the interesting thing is, you know what they tell Jesus? Would you please leave? So Jesus gets in his boat. He's going back to the other side. And this man that has been healed, this man that was once called Legion, the man that's been released of his oppression, is begging Jesus, I want to go with you. You know, there's nothing wrong with going with Jesus, amen? Yeah, when you're around something that good, mm, you got to hang around it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he got his first taste, and he said, I, I want to go with you. Does that sound like a 13-year-old boy there? With the kind of, huh? This is all the jokes I got today, so you guys got to work with me here, okay? <laughs> he said, I want to go with you. And Jesus says, no, I want you to do something else. I want you to go back to the land you came from, and I want you to tell all your people what I've done for you, what the Lord has done for you. And he goes back and tells. And here through this whole scenario, we see the fighting spirit in Christ. And this morning, I believe that I'm on a mission to express to you that the fight that you're in, that's okay. If you know that you've heard the voice of God and he's taking you to that place, it's okay to be in a fight. And here's something else, it's okay to be in a fight after a fight because sometimes that happens as well. It doesn't mean you've missed God. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Instead, I would, I would implore you this morning that rather it means that you're doing something right for the kingdom of God because we have an adversary that means to destroy us. The world paints a picture that, oh, the devil's just misunderstood. Maybe the world's just misunderstood. And that's not correct. There is an adversary that we have. That's the reason why we have this fighting spirit inside of us. Amen? It's connected to the spirit of Christ. Some questions arise. The first one that arises for me is, what do we fight with? If we're going to be in this fight, what do we fight with? As I look into this story, I see that Jesus was enough. To fight the batter that you're in, and Jesus is enough. 
See, Jesus didn't need the help of his disciples. He didn't need the help of the swine. He didn't even need the help of the herdsmen. He could have done it all by himself. So we need Jesus for the fight that we're in. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, we know that Paul talks about the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So the, the weapons that we use are from Christ. They're about Christ. They're heavenly. Amen? It's, it's, not, it's not normal things that we think of. I was hanging out with a family here at church, and my wife and my daughter, we all went and hung out with them, and we drive up to the place we're going to, and my daughter says this. She goes, Dad, this place is sketchy. I looked at I said, I think you just like saying sketchy. Do you even know what that means? But then soon enough, the lady got out of her car with her husband, and she goes, man, this looks kind of sketchy. <laughs> well, let's go in and check it out, you know? And then my friend that was with me, he had a weapon of him, his weapon of choice. He goes, the good news, Matt, is I got your back, man. I'm protected. I said, that's great, man. I love you. I'm just going to hang out beside you. Mary's by herself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was playing. I was playing. We're all together. But sometimes when we think of weapons, we think of that scenario. It's something that I can pull, something I can draw, something I can defend myself. But the, the weapons that we're talking about here are weapons that we can't see, but we can act upon. It's hard to see prayer, but we can see it in action, amen? We can walk in on somebody, but that is a weapon. It's about getting in that spot where you hear the voice of God and ask Him to speak to you, ask Him to show you, you intercede and cry out for people. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, wage the good warfare, holding faith in good conscience. For the fight that we in, that's what we have to hold on to is our faith. We have to lay hold of it and refuse to give it up. Our weapons that we have are those ones of the Spirit, leaning into Christ and saying, God, I need a word of wisdom. I need some understanding that I don't have. I need you to move on my behalf in a way that I cannot. And all of that sounds silly because we know to the world, Scriptures are foolishness. But to us, it is our life. It is our power. Amen? And we know that Scripture teaches us that. Ephesians, written ten years before this, Whenever Paul is writing to his friends in Ephesian, Ephesus, and he tells them to put on the whole armor of God. Ten years later, he's still saying, listen, we have to wage the war. And we do that by the Spirit of God. A poet wrote this, When you're up against a trouble, meet it squarely face to face. Lift your chin and set your shoulders Plant your feet and take a brace. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just fight. That's one of the greatest weapons is that we show up time and time and time again. We get in the boat and we row to the other side no matter what it looks like because our commander said get in the boat and let's go to the other side. But God, I don't understand. He didn't ask if we understood. He didn't ask if we agree. If we're in His army, then we do what He says. Amen? We get in the boat and we row. So you might be in that situation this morning. Pastor Matt, I don't understand it. I don't know why God has me here. I feel a, a little unsettled. Well, congratulations. <laughs> You're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it by yourself. It's your vision. It's your goal. It's your war. And that's dangerous. We're into the war of the enemy with Jesus Christ, amen? And as we go forward here, I have another question. So when does the fight begin? 
So I know some of the warfare that I'm going to have to use, some of the weapons, but when does the war begin? It begins immediately. For, for, if you've been recently saved, you come down here and you give your heart to Christ or wherever you did that at, and you know that it was a solemn, truthful decision. And you're asking yourself, was it real? Welcome to the fight. You're asking yourself, did I really mean what I said or was that just a glimpse, a, a moment in time that, that something just kind of funny happened and you have to go back and realize what the Word says, that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, God can change us. And we go from death to life. And the battle begins immediately. They just got through, think about the disciples on the ship. Are we going to die? No, Jesus said, peace be still. Okay, we're good. The other side must be awesome. And as soon as they step on the other side, the Bible says, immediately, they're in their next battle with the demoniac nonetheless. When does your battle begin? Immediately. And many times they will happen back to back. The question is not, why does the battle happen? The question should be, why not? Because I am in the Lord's army, and I am taking territory. I'm going to advance it. And we do that through the volunteering at church, through the praying over our families, to praying over schools, and seeking out the ones who are lost, that we might be able to shine the light of Jesus Christ. It's the pursuit of our faith. That's how we shine that light, and that's how we take back. But, but am I supposed to do that in another battle? Yes, immediately. Crazy came to them. That's the reason why it's so important that we hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of God. Because He speaks. We know that He can speak audibly to us. Didn't happen a whole lot in the Bible. So I would make sure you don't have a radio playing in the background if you think that happened. Okay? But we know the Holy Spirit works in our lives and speaks to us. We know we can open up the Word of God and speaks to us. We know that persons can come into our life and speak to us. One of my favorite stories to tell, and I don't mean this rude or rebellious, I was in high school and I was fixing to graduate, and I was looking for God to show me what to do in my life. And I had asked questions that night that only He knew. God, where do I go? Which college? What, what does my life look like? I, I feel like this, but there's a pulling here. What do I do? And I, I went up to the altar that Sunday morning, and I kneeled, and I just asked God to speak to me. And a guy came up to me and laid his hands on me and began to pray for me. I didn't even like the guy. Oh, that's where the story gets interesting. I had some issues with the gentleman. And they were obviously my issues. He didn't have any with me. But he begins to pray over me. And he stops me and he says this. He says, Matt, you'll know what God is telling you to do as clear as the sun is setting and the sun rises. I think God used that person in my life to calm me. Say that God knows. Don't heed to everything that people say, but at the right time it can be the right thing. He also speaks in situations. And we have to hear his voice because he's our commander. He's what we go for. Where he says to go, we go. And we hear his voice. And this is the reason why it's critical that we hear the voice of God and we do what we say because we don't want to get into a war that we have no business being in. This is the thing. Let's go to the other side. You know what I've learned about the opposite side? The opposite side, a lot of times, Pastor Mike, looks way better than the side that I'm on. 
That marriage over there looks way better sometimes than one I have. That job, man, that job looks a lot better than the one I have. That person that I'm leading with, I think there'd be another person to be better to lead with. Come on now. The opposite side seems to always look better. And then we go and then we start a war and we wage something and Christ's spirit didn't send us. We didn't hear his voice and we're in pride. And this is the only problem when we get to the other side. What we face is a demoniac. And now we're on our own. And we know what scripture says about when you face a demoniac. They'll whip your tail end. <laughs> so now we're in, a, we're in a war because we weren't listening to the voice of God. And we're in a battle that we don't need to be in. And the thing is, is that pride many, many times sounds just like the voice of God. I know everybody's deep breathing in deep, but listen to me on this. Who's the master counterfeiter? Satan. What was the chief sin? Pride. He knows how to counterfeit that stuff and make it look like it's something that we should be a part of. But the only problem is now I'm going in the spirit of Matt, with the mindset of Matt, with the power of Matt, and I'm going to get my tail end whipped on the other side. And it's critical that we hear the voice of God. We go into the prayer room, fast and pray before you make that move. If you're in the middle of that fight, turn that plate upside down and ask God to show you. He can, he, you can hear Him speak on an empty stomach, amen? And that's one of those, it doesn't make sense. How in the world does praying and fasting work? I don't know, but I do know that it works. And God will speak to us. And keep us away from that battle. And he might say, no, you don't need to be any part of that. Because remember, pride pride will, will look like a cause. It'll look like power. It'll look like passion. And that's what the fighting spirit is. The fighting spirit that God connects with our spirit gives us the cause, man. We know what we're going after. We're going to raise the banner, amen? Anybody ever raised any banners? I have. Just me, okay. I never danced with them like on the flag thing or anything like that. I don't think I could have pulled that off. Y'all are imagining me dancing with a banner now, aren't you? I did that for a minute, too, didn't I? Delete, 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 delete. Delete, delete, delete on his land. But we raised the banner, and that's okay. And it looks, it looks like the Spirit of God, but it's not. And we've missed the voice of God. And then we get over there, and we get in trouble, and now we're facing something that we can't beat by ourselves. And whenever we engage that, we begin to waste time and resources and money. And God doesn't want us to waste any of that. So we want to know that we hear the voice of God as we go in. Amen? Whenever we're, we're fighting the war, so we ask ourselves, what are we fighting for? As we read the story of the demoniac in verses 3 through 5, we see that this guy was living in the tombs. Chains couldn't hold him. No matter how they bound him, he could not be held. He would constantly be screaming and tormented, and then he would cut himself. What are we fighting for? We're fighting for others. This fighting spirit inside of us fights for others, fights for those ones who don't know how to fight for themselves. There's many, many innocents that's been broken because people did not fight for them. Children that have grown up way too quick in situations because nobody was willing to fight for them. People whose lives are tainted have all kinds of emotional problems because people wouldn't fight for them. And you're thinking all of somebody that God has been speaking to you about fighting for. It'd be in the prayer room. It might be through blessing. It might be through, through giving them something different. I don't know what it is. Go do it. 
Well, could God be telling me to do that? Yes, if you do something good, that's good, and all good things come from God, amen? So he's speaking to you. It's that fighting spirit saying, I'm not going to be a fan. I'm not sitting in the stands, man. I'm suiting up, and I'm going down on the field, and I'm going to do what it takes to be where God wants me to be. I'm not going to stand. I will fight for others. And think of this demoniac. He paints a picture of the world. He's living among the dead. We have so many people in our world that are lost and dying and going to hell. And they're doing nothing but living among more dead people that don't know they're going to hell. And we have to go out and share the word with them. And we do that through kindness and through love. Probably not through yelling. <laughs> Told you. Thank you, Waylon. I'm going to preach it, buddy. <laughs> No, this is from my heart this morning. Then you see the demoniac, he, he has no boundaries. I mean, that, that, if you think of the spiritual side of this, he's breaking chains and, and breaking everything that bounds him. I look at a world that has no boundaries. Now marriage, it becomes whatever I want it to. My kids can pick whatever gender they want to be at three years old. I go out there and take all kinds of pleasures and put it in my life, and it's okay. They have no boundaries. There's nothing to contain them that can restrain them because the spirit of the Satan is moving in their lives and they don't even know it. Screaming and tormenting. Man, so many young people out there are tormented. Am I going to be anything? I don't have an example to follow. How do I do this? They're waiting for a male or female to step up in their life and say, I'll show you. And they lie awake at night. So many are tormented because of past mistakes, wondering if God will ever be able to use them. They feel worthless. And they go out and they do worthless things because that's how they feel and that's what they know. And then we see the cutting. We see so much pain inflicted. So much self-pain inflicted in our generation. Lives that are going to be destroyed. And it's worth the fight for others. We have Jesus Christ in our life, and we are not to put a bushel over the lamp. We let the flame burn. Paul wrote to Timothy, don't just let it burn, but you flan it. You fan it, you fan it, you fan it, and you let it consume you, and then when it gets done with you, you let it spread like a wildfire and let people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ into this world. Others are worth it, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for watching. It means that you're in this fight and this battle with us, and we thank you for that. We also fight for our Lord. In verse six, nine, uh, verses 6 through 9 there, he runs to him and he bows down and he calls him Son of the Most High God. And he goes, what is your name? See, he looks past the person and he sees the problem. Whenever this demoniac was just an outcast, we're going to let him live in the tombs. And I, I, mean, I can imagine the people saying, I'm glad he's out there and not here. Get him away from our church. Get him away from our synagogue. Get him away from things like that. I hope he lives out there in the tombs. And it even said that these demons that were inside of him would drag him into a desert place. And Jesus looks past all that. He looks past the crazy. And let me tell you something. It's hard to look past crazy. Now, you guys know some crazy? Some of you guys been crazy. Remember, three fingers. It's hard to look past crazy, but that's our Lord and Savior. He does. When everybody else sees crazy, he sees peace. 
When everybody else sees hopeless, he sees hope. When everybody else sees faithless, he sees faith. Our Lord is worth fighting for. Because we ultimately know Jesus knows. We think the situation is just simply impossible. God, God doesn't think it's impossible. We continue to read here and we see another thing worth fighting for is territory. In this story, we have a tendency to lend ourselves to looking at the demoniac being set free, and that's absolutely imperative in the story. But it's interesting to me that the legion, the devils, are having a conversation here with Christ. And they say, send us to the pigs. They didn't want to leave the spot that they were at. It's a crazy thing and a dangerous situation when evil feels at home. We have to fight for our territory that we keep it cleansed with the Holy Spirit. With the Spirit of God. We do have to monitor what we watch on our computer screens, on our cell phone screens, on our TVs. The music that we listen to and our kids listen to. Listen, this is the territory that matters, okay? Yeah, land and, and homes and stuff like that, absolutely. We want to keep that. But souls, it says a wise man winneth souls. It doesn't say a wise man stacks up more stuff for him or gets a bigger house or more vehicles. It says a wise man will win souls. And that's the territory here. We go after it, amen? And the way that we win souls is sometimes we have to clean that territory. And Jesus wants to do that. It's interesting to me that the whole town comes out and sees this demoniac completely healed and delivered. And they ask Jesus to leave. I don't know about you, but I think I'd be asking Jesus to come into my house. I've got some stuff in my closet, God, I need to get cleaned out. I didn't think anybody else could handle this stuff, but, but you just now show me you did. No, no, we're worried about the swine and the money and the things that it cost us. And those things will blind us to what God is trying to do. He's trying to work a miracle in our midst, and we're so blinded by those earthly material things that God can't do what he wants to do. And he won't force it. Go into the swine. But he will have our backs. The fall of the Roman Empire was largely due to just because it was so vast. The government couldn't run everything as it conquered territory. And in our lives, as we conquer and we gain, we better make sure we bathe it in prayer. And we're hearing the voice of God. There's nothing wrong with being successful. We want your businesses to grow. We, we want you to reach people. We want you to gain. We believe that the children of God are supposed to increase. But if we begin to only seek the gain, we serve the gain and not the one who causes the increase in the gain. And the Bible says that all increase comes from God. So we keep that focus on Him and we say we must fight for our territory. We've got to be willing to sacrifice to see that miracle. The people saw the goodness of Christ, but they were so blinded by the moment. Evil felt such at home in their territory that they couldn't do anything. And part of the reason why Jesus went over to the other side was not just for the demoniac. Don't you think he would have healed 15 other people while you're here there? I guarantee he would have because that's the goodness of God. 
And then we see the last thing that we want to fight for here and as we land the bird is our witness. We have to fight for our witness. This fighting spirit that's inside of us ignites the spirit that's ours. And we fight to keep our witness. I love verse 18 through 20. The delivered man implored Jesus to allow him to come. Go home to the people and tell them. Go to Capolis. Our witness is not a suggestion. God tells us in the Great Commission, you go make disciples, you go preach, you go tell. And since we're in the Lord's army and we know that we volunteered to be here and we listen to His voice, then we understand that our witness is not a suggestion. We go out and tell people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Mr. Montgomery, under Eisenhower in World War II, was a born-again Christian. A man asked him on one, conca- one occasion, General Montgomery, how do you interpret the Great Commission? He instantly answered, you don't interpret it, you go do it. It's not left for debate. God's call us to do this, and our witness is something that we have to guard. And I am ashamed to say, as a pastor, we've seen so many pastors that have fallen, and they haven't lost their salvation because ever, nobody's perfect, but they have lost their witness. Because of a moral failure or some other kind of failure, or, or they just blank out and go crazy. And now there's damaged people everywhere. And they weren't fighting for their witness. They weren't putting up the safeguards and the boundaries that, that they needed. And the importance is because our witness spreads. Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the earth. Now we know that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that Jesus in this story with the demoniac, the Holy Spirit hadn't came yet. And it's very interesting that we know that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, fell upon him like a dove. Why like a dove? Because there wasn't any impurities that needed to fall, that to be burned out of him. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit comes as fire on us. Because there's some stuff in our life that we need to make sure is burned out so we can do what Christ has called us to do. And that's what the Holy Spirit does is it purifies us. And that's all part of our witness. Because our witness spreads. And I love here, as he tells this man, he says, go back to Decapolis. Decapolis was a place of ten Greek cities. He said, I want you to go back and tell your people what I've done for you. Decapolis was also a major trading route. It went from Damascus to Arabia. Now think about what we learn in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Going to all the world. So I'm going to have you go back and I want you to preach to the people you know, man. So he reaches his Jerusalem. Then, then maybe he goes to these other, now think with me, then maybe he goes to some of these other, other cities and all of a sudden he's reaching Judea and Samaria. And then all of a sudden somebody gets saved that's on a trade route and they don't stay in those ten cities, but all of a sudden they go out to these other places and begin to spread the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because our witness spreads. Your witness spreads, you've been wondering why you've been in the battle. Oh, God's setting you up for victory. You just got to trust him. But Matt, it's been one battle after another battle after another battle. Hey, that's okay. You're not doing anything wrong necessarily. In a lot of ways, you're gaining territory. Your enemy does not like it. 
Because you're going to have one of the most powerful things. And it won't be material possessions, but it'll be a witness. Well, people will look at you and see how you've weathered the storm. See how you've gone to hell and back. Seen some things that didn't work out. And you never gave up your faith. You kept that fighting spirit alive. In fact, you flamed that, flamed that spirit and said it's going to be stronger. It's going to be more improved. It's going to be white hot. Amen? And people look at that and they say, that's true religion. That's what I want. I don't want this old stuff that's sold out on the marketplace of religion. I want that religion that will be preached in the streets, that will be preached in the schools, that will be preached in the churches, that will be preached on the corners, amen? That's what we want. And people will look in that and they'll see your life is so real and that what God is setting you up for. And you feel like you've been oppressed from all sides. You feel like, man, God, are, are you even using me? Oh, he is. It's just hard to see. It's just that time where he purifies us and we have to walk through the battle. That's difficult. But it's that, it's that fighting spirit inside of us that leads us to that battle after battle after battle. And you're wondering why. No, I don't have the answer. But I do know that God, as we mentioned this morning, will work all things to his glory. I, I, I almost couldn't contain myself down there when we sang the song, I was a beggar, now I'm royalty. Because I was thinking about this demoniac man. <clears throat> he was an outcast, probably considered worthless and violent, nasty. But he met Jesus. Now he's a royalty. Could you... <laughs> It's comical to me. Could you imagine a preacher going back and preaching to those 10 countries in confederation and he just, he just got delivered of thousands of, because a legion in the Roman army was considered about 6,500 men. 5,000 to 5,500 were fighting soldiers. So whenever he said, I am legion, there's a lot in him. He got delivered of all of that. Could you imagine some of the sermons he got to tell? <laughs> Could you imagine how many people ran away from him when they seen him walking towards them? <laughs> me first. You can tell me from a distance, bro. But that's okay. Because as his witness grew, no, long, no, no, no doubt, so did his influence. And God's taking you through this journey. You're keeping that spirit refined. You're keeping it stirred up. And I want to congratulate you and say, keep doing it I know you feel oppressed I know you've got some questions we all do but let me tell you something God is on your side and Jesus is enough would you bow with me we are so thankful you joined us today we would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you remember Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything